with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Jesus and his disciples left from there and began a journey through Galilee. But he did not wish anyone to know about it. He was teaching his disciples and telling them, the Son of Man is to be handed over to man, and they will kill him. And three days after his death, the Son of Man will rise. But they did not understand the saying, and they were afraid to question him. They came to Capernaum, and once inside the house, he began to ask them, what were you arguing about on the way? But they remained silent. They had been discussing among themselves on the way who was the greatest. Then he sat down, called the twelve, and said to them, If anyone wishes to be first, he shall be the last of all and the servant of all. Taking a child, he placed it in their midst, and putting his arms around it, he said to them, Whoever receives one child such as this in my name, receives me. And whoever receives me, receives not me, but the one who sent me. The Gospel of the Lord. I wish we could take the, the responsorial psalm just briefly again. Sorry, the hallelujah. The Alleluia, yes, Alleluia, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> 
Amen. Anyway, go ahead with your. Yeah. Break the chains, right? Break the chains. Break every chain. Thank you, Jesus. chains of depression and sorrow that is why the word came where the spirit of the lord is there is liberty there is freedom and we were set free to worship our god he is our father and every father wants to see his children free rejoicing excited and happy that is how worship is supposed to be dear friends but if we pay attention to the readings of today, we realize that in the book of James, for example, the letter of James, we are confronted with a situation that brings about disorder in that community. James was painting to us what was happening in that community, and that was unchristian. You know, there was jealousy and selfish ambition, foul practices, and James condemns that and on the contrary, ask each one of them to pray for the wisdom that is from above. And that is what you and I are supposed to cry out for from God every day. And the good news is that God is ready to give us wisdom. In the first reading also, we hear the wicked scheming and planning against the just one. Spending precious time wasting energy and time plotting evil the same time they could have used to plan something good to do something productive and we are made to understand the word of god 
condemns that. We are not called for that. That is not our calling as Christians. The gospel acclamation tells us, tells us God has called us through the gospel to possess the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. That is our calling. We are called to possess the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. That is from 2 Thessalonians 2.14. And friends, people who behave in the negative way, as we have seen in James and the first reading, if we behave that way, we cannot possess the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. He says, where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there is disorder and every foul practice. Where jealousy and selfish ambition exist. Whether it is in a life, a person's life, or in a family, or in a church, or in a community, or in a country, where jealousy and selfish ambition exists, there will be disorder. We are called to check our lives as individuals. There is no need for us to be jealous over anybody. No need. Why? Because each one of us, God has called us through the gospel of Christ. To possess the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. God has called you. He has called me. There is no need for any unhealthy competition amongst us. Why were the wicked so bent on destroying the just one? The just one is the Christian. Romans 5 verse 1 and verse 9 makes us understand. We are justified in Christ. Every Christian is justified in Christ. By virtue of the fact that we accepted him and were baptized, we have been justified. Not by our works, no, but by what Jesus did for you and I. So through faith, we have been made righteous. We have been justified. And that is the status of the Christian. That is our new status. But we cannot, um, we cannot pretend that the tendency to sin, concupiscence, is not in us. No, it's still there. And that's why we see these wicked people behaving this way. And that's why we see the jealousy in the community of James. And friends, this tendency is in you and I. The tendency to sin is there. The tendency to be jealous is there. The tendency to be wicked is there. But it is not going to help us in any way if you pursue that path. And that is why James is encouraging us and calling each one of us to pursue on the contrary the wisdom that is from above. What are its qualities? First of all, it is pure. The wisdom of God is pure. First Corinthians 1.24 makes us understand that Jesus is the wisdom of God. Jesus Christ is the wisdom of God. The wisdom of God, first of all, is pure. Then it is peaceable. That which brings peace is clear is from God. That which is pure is from God. Second, it is gentle. Jesus says, come to me, all you who labor, and I will burden, and I will give you rest. Verse 29 of Matthew 11, he says, learn from me, for I am meek and gentle. So Jesus is gentle. He is the wisdom of God. We are called to be gentle towards one another. You know, in that community of James, whatever was the cause of that confusion, or whatever was the feud also in the first reading between the just man and the wicked, they could have resolved it peaceably. They could have resolved it gently if they pursued the path of wisdom. Friends, whatever we are going through as a family, the Lord calls on us and on you to sit down and, 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 and ask for the wisdom from above. 
so that we can resolve our issues. Right now, even in the church, the challenges we are going through, God is reminding us to kneel down, so to speak, to seek him, the wisdom from above, so that he will guide us as to how to go through these challenges. The good news is that we are coming out stronger. The church is coming out holier. The church is coming out more, I mean, more powerful, so to speak, because the gate of hell cannot prevail against the church. And Jesus loves his church, but we must pursue the wisdom that is from above in our quest to resolve these issues. It goes on to say, this wisdom of God is compliant, is docile. You don't get fixed, fixated, make up your mind, say, ask for this unless it is this. No, be flexible, be docile to the promptings of the Holy Spirit and be ready to listen to others also. You know, in the gospel we are told these disciples were arguing amongst themselves as to who was the greatest. For all you know, Peter said, I am the greatest. John said, I am the greatest. Uh, Matthew said, I am the greatest. Who again? <laughs> Name the disciples, please. <laughs> Thomas. Bartholomew. No, they were all arguing among themselves as to who was, the, who was the greatest. And listen to this. Jesus observed on the way. He didn't insult them. He didn't what? Rebuke them. We are told when they got to Capernaum, they came to Capernaum, and once inside their house, he began to ask them. Jesus, who is the wisdom of God, showed us that wisdom has to be applied in every situation. Why didn't he rebuke them on the way? He made them to enter inside the house. Once inside the house, he began to ask them. That is wisdom. Sometimes couples are fighting outside. No, you don't need to do that. You are disgracing yourselves. As a church, we are fighting amongst ourselves. No, 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 we should not do that. Let us resolve that issue or whatever it is inside the house. That is wisdom. And friends, we must realize this. Every individual has issues. Every family has issues. Every marriage has its own issues. And every church has its own issues. So don't be overwhelmed by your issues. Just make sure you ask for the wisdom from above to be able to resolve them. Everyone has an issue. I have my issues. As long as we are here on this earth. Jesus says, in this world, you will have trouble. <laughs> John 16:33. And I've always made a joke, but it's true. Anyone who has no trouble in his or her life should pray for trouble. <laughs> because lack of trouble in your life means you are not a Christian. Jesus says you, you will have trouble. Not you may have it, you will have it. That is one of the marks of a true Christian. Whatever they did to Jesus, they will do to you. He said a servant is not greater than his master. And he has called us to follow him. And what does it mean to follow him? Copy me. Imitate me. And what does it mean? If you are following somebody, whatever the person passes through, if you are truly following the person, you must also pass through it. Do you understand? And 2 Timothy 3, 12 says, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. And Jesus says, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake. And in fact, Mark 13, 13, he says, they will hate you for my sake. Think about that. Not because you are going about cause of confusion, no. But because you want to be true to Jesus. 
It is automatic. The Christian life automatically attracts trouble. It's true. And then five, if you don't want trouble in your life, never ask the Holy Spirit to use you. <laughs> never ask the Holy Spirit to use you if you don't want trouble in your life. But remember in our baptism, we are baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. So automatically we are baptized into trouble. Whether we like it or not, because the Holy Spirit will lead you to do things that ordinarily you would not do. What everyone is running away from, when it's not right, the Holy Spirit will ask you to confront it. Listen to what the, 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 the wicked are saying in the first reading. Let us beset the just one. What has he done? Let us beset the Christian. Because he is obnoxious to us. How? He sets himself against our doings. How? Because of his actions, because his actions contradict their deeds. Friends, remember you are light. We are the light of the world. And the wicked are hiding in darkness and doing whatever it is. Now, your presence there as light, if you are truly right, if you are truly light, where there is darkness, when you get in there, what happens? Your light will dispel the darkness. But those who are in the darkness, who are not willing to give up the darkness, they'll be angry with you. So you realize that by virtue of you just being right, that's a Christian, automatically, the other side, the opposition, will hate you. That is what it means to be a Christian. They hated Jesus for no cause. In your workplace, when things are going wrong and you stand up, you think those who are perpetrating the wrongs will like you. But because we don't want trouble, we compromise. And that is why we are not progressing. But friends, there is blessing even in the persecution. Once we pursue Christ and we are doing the will of God, or we are making the effort genuinely to do the will of God, we will be persecuted, but there is blessing in it. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake. Happiness. That is the paradox of the Christian life. Sometimes we don't understand. That is why Jesus will say that, I give you peace, not as the world gives. For the world, where there is no trouble, that is where there is peace. It's not true. Right now, there is no war, there's no whatever in America right now, apart from the fact that we heard of some shots, was it three days ago or four days ago, in Maryland and then the stabbing of, yeah. But the truth of the matter is, America is peaceful. No war, am I right? But are all Americans really experiencing peace? Peace is not the absence of war or confusion. Peace is the presence of God. To the extent that even in the midst of trouble, once you have God or God is present with you, you will have peace. That is why it says the peace I give you is not like that of the world. And that is why we should not be afraid to be persecuted because even in the persecution, we are blessed and we have peace within, we have joy within. And that is the craving of every human heart. So Jesus teaches us through wisdom. He didn't rebuke them. They went inside the house to resolve the issue. And he asked them there. Friends, how do we get this wisdom? How do we get this wisdom? Let us go to the scriptures. Wisdom is very, very important. We must seek him day in and out. First of all, Proverbs chapter 8. In Proverbs chapter 8, verse 32 says, Now, young people, listen to me. Do as I say, and you will be happy in life. Did you hear that? It goes on, verse 33. Listen to what you are taught. Be wise. Do not neglect it. 
The man who listens to me will be happy. That is wisdom talking. That is Jesus talking to us. If we will listen to him, we will be happy. The man who stays at my door every day, waiting at the entrance to my home, the man who finds me, finds life. And the Lord will be pleased with him. The man who does not find me, hates himself. And anyone who hates me, loves death. That is Jesus talking to us. He is the wisdom of God. And he says, pay attention, he says, the man who stays at my door every day, what does that mean? The one who pursues me, who looks for me, let us make time for prayer to sit at the feet of Jesus. Sunday is not the only time we should communicate with God, no. In fact, St. Paul tells us to pray without season. In other words, be in touch with God at all times. It's possible. In everything we do, if we are conscious of the presence of God, we are in touch with him. And let us remember that God delights in that. Why? Because he loves us. And when you love somebody, you want to be in touch with the person. So God loves us. That's how, in fact, why he came down to be in touch with us. And he desires to always be in constant touch with us. That is love. So prayer keeps us in touch with God. And that is what the, um, Solomon is telling us in Proverbs chapter 8. We should wake up early and be in the presence of God. The one who sits at my door early in the morning will find me. And finding him means we are finding life. And Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Now, if you go on to Psalm 119 also, Psalm 119 verse 99. Okay, from verse 97. It says, how I love your law. David is speaking. I think about it all day long. Do you understand that? The law is referring to the word of God. I think about it all day long. How I love your law. It goes on. Your commandment, that is your law, your word, is with me all the time. Constant touch. It goes on. And makes me wiser than my enemies. Did you hear that? The commandment, the law of God, because he meditates on it always and thinks about it always, it makes him wiser than even his enemies. I understand more than all my teachers because I meditate on your law. I have greater wisdom than old men because I obey your commands. Do you hear that? So wisdom comes when we meditate. We make time to meditate on the word of God. God gives us wisdom. And the wisdom of God himself, Jesus Christ says, come to me. Come. It's an invitation. If only we will go, we will become like him. That is the mind of Jesus. And I've always said it and I repeat, the church, God has inspired the church. Day in and out, the scriptures are available to us. We are a blessed church. We are blessed. God wants us to be wise. Any Catholic who is not wise has no excuse. Why? Because the means to wisdom is there. The word of God. We have seen it. Proverbs 8 says, wake up daily, make time and sit at my feet, you will be wise. Jesus says, come to me in the scriptures and you will be wise. And extra, we have Jesus in the Eucharist as a church. What more do we want? What more do we want? We have everything. We just have to be conscious of what we have and treasure and make conscious efforts. Catholics, let us arise 
and make use of the treasures we have in the church. Meditate on the word of God. I am telling you, look, the peace Jesus talked about is real. Some of us have not experienced true peace, true joy. It hurts the heart of God. When you love somebody and you have everything at your disposal for the person and the person fails to take advantage of it and is suffering, how does it feel? It hurts God. When we neglect him and we are busy doing other things that are causing us pain, instead of doing things that will give us peace and joy. The wisdom from above, Jesus Christ, he calls us, each one of us, today, in a very special way, to pay attention. When you get home, take your time and reflect on the, 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 the Proverbs chapter 8. And one of the ways I want to challenge you also, every day read a chapter of Proverbs. Proverbs has 31 chapters. So at least in a month, you would have finished the book of Proverbs. And if you will pursue that consciously and take your time, friends, you will be very, very wise. And we are told wisdom is the principal thing. Friends, look, if we have wisdom, we will excel in everything we do. Wisdom is simply applying knowledge the right way. And Jesus will teach you how to raise your family, how to do your business, how to study, whatever it is, how to even love your wife, how to love your spouse. It takes the wisdom of God. It takes the grace of God and the wisdom of God to love your spouse the way you are supposed to love them. It takes the wisdom of God to raise up your kids the way you are supposed to raise them. And it takes wisdom to be able to lead a church, to build a church. And it will take wisdom for us to be able to come out of our current situation as a church. We pray for humility and for docility. And I encourage each one of us to pray for the Holy Father these days in a special way. That God indeed will imbue him with wisdom to be able to lead all of us. And that each one of us also in our own small corner will also have the requisite wisdom to be able to live our Christian lives as we are expected to. Jesus finally says, whoever receives one child such as this in my name, receives me. And whoever receives me, receives not me, but the one who sent me. Don't despise anybody, not even a little child. That is wisdom. Don't despise anybody, don't look down on anybody. Respect, receive every person. We're all created in the image and likeness of God. And God wants all of us to be saved. Let us apply the wisdom of God. Let us seek the wisdom of God. Inside the house, Jesus began to ask them, let us resolve our issues inside the house. That is wisdom at work, not outside yelling at each other, no. We pray for these graces in this mass, amen. May we rise and profess our faith. Are we singing or? I believe in one God. <laughs>